It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. I'm sitting here in the office alone, except for Mary, but she's out in reception. I thought it was a small office, too small, but without Tony and John, and especially John, there seems to be way too much space. We got a cheap deal on an old terrace shopfront in Northbridge, near the library. Out the front is a comic book store, and we're tucked around the back down a hall. Tony's awake now. The swelling in his brain has gone down. John is adamant they aren't coming back to exit plan. I think Tony is less convinced, oddly enough. He's been putting up with John being in the line of fire for years now, so I think he's more accepting of the risks. I would have thought it would be the other way around, but I think I get it. I'm still thinking about Heidi and and B. Oh man, I screwed that up so bad. I really let Heidi down, and... And B, I know she's no good, but I think she needs to be saved. I'm not, she's in trouble, really. That's why, like, yeah, I, I just, I want to save her. That's probably my guilt talking. Oh, something, something happened today, though. Well, Tony is awake, and John is, John is happy, but he won't look me in the eye. Me? I'm going back to the office to tell Mary we don't need her services after all. I'm going to take down the cameras watching for Beatrice, to... Oh, she doesn't have Heidi. She was just messing with me. And I doubt she was the one who sent the job seeker. Well, speaking of which, I'll have to submit my resume to the recruiting agents and get back to a real job. Oh, crap and corruption. And when things go south, they go fast. Had it been me or John who was in the hospital, things would be different. Well, so... That was... That was strange. Uplifting. Good. Remember... I remember when Jennifer McCormick was waking up on a parent's portico. I was sort of nervous. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I wasn't even sure she was going to wake up, to tell you the truth. I'm so glad she did. But the, the parents opened the door, and when they saw her, I could see their eyes. Something... Something happened to them in that moment. It was just, I used the term magical, but I need to use that carefully, of course, because it wasn't true magic. Well, maybe it was true magic, but something happened, and I felt it too. I was, I was instrumental in bringing about, bringing about a better world, making place better. That's all I can say. Of just, just to be back there. I came across, there was this kid, 
standing around being picked on by these two oh, young women, I suppose. Now, they would have all been from high school. And I, I, I wasn't going to get involved, but I saw this guy. These girls were not being very nice. So I, I went in and interfered. I told them that, you know, hey, back off. And just, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting the, the girl to turn around. She turned around and she said, shut up, old man. This little dick knows he deserves it. And I was reminded of a little comic strip I saw once. And so I decided to quote it. I, I had, to be fair, I was actually kind of maybe unconsciously using a bit of my social priming there. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was maybe some sort of leftover echo from Shilpa from chewing her finger off. I said, and I think there's a useful lesson. In life, you can come across all sorts of situations and people. And you get to choose if you'll be cool about it or if you'll be an arsehole. I said, don't be the arsehole. Now, the girls didn't take this very well, of course. I don't know if I was expecting them to suddenly become very philosophical and look inwards on themselves and understand that they had a, a gaping hole in their own hearts that needed to be filled and, and this pain was, was what made them act out and try to hurt other people to make themselves feel well. But, yeah, basically they called me an arsehole and called me an old creep. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm not that smart. You do look a lot, a lot smarter than me, and you've clearly got a very keen eye. I think, I think you'd do really well, actually. That sort of approach totally took me by surprise. So I continued on. I, I said, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. You, you've clearly got this spark, this fire. It's, it really motivates people, and it really, really pushes people. You could be a great leader one day. And again, they, they sort of looked at each other and and weren't sure because how are you going to turn that around into an insult to me I, they, they couldn't and as I said I, I think maybe I was unconsciously sort of spiking them a little bit I said thanks so I thanked them and I, I walked off and escorted this this boy I say he's a boy I don't know what he would have been at 16 or so not like a, a child or anything crazy but I, I sort of walked a little ways with him so that he didn't have to worry about being picked on anymore and he was he was very thankful and grateful, and I could see when he was looking at me, he was kind of looking for something. So I explained to him this, this thing. I said, all I did then, and the reason I was nice to them, is because that's what they wanted. You know, they pick, they'll pick it on you because they feel unloved in some way. And because when they're watching someone else feel bad, they forget about their own problems. So, gave them what they wanted, rather than what they were looking for, they might not need to make people feel bad. And the boy, of course, he responded, he said, what, that sounds like something key from Tony Robbins or someone. I said, oh, no, I read it in this book by a guy called Ulysses Byford. Firstly, I think he's a bit touched in the brain, but some of the stuff he wrote seems to work like magic. I had to say that, I mean, come on. But the thing that really worked like magic for me was that he listened to me, this kid, I could see, he was... He was sucking that in, and I don't think he stopped feeling bad about being bullied, and, and I don't think I've gone ahead and solved all of his life's problems, but I like to think, and, and the feeling I got was that he had gotten a new outlook, a new perspective on the problem he was facing, and that might, that might be all he needed. So I was looking at my own problem. I, need, I just need a new perspective on it. It doesn't have to be the end. But anyway, this guy, this kid, he mentioned that he was going to meet his sister at the... Uh, out of his rock climbing gym 
and I thought to myself, you know, what better way to find a different perspective than at the top of a climbing wall? It also helped that uh, as I approached the gym, I, I could see his sister through the windows. So, yeah. Anyway, that's nice. I didn't quite use magic. Well, it does depend on your definition of magic though, doesn't it? But I learned a couple of things. Firstly, that it felt really good to help this guy. He really needed it and I hope he tries to apply what I told him. The second thing I learned, other than that rock climbing requires much better clothes than I had on, is that Sasha, who is uh, the sister, is a climbing instructor and I suddenly find myself wanting to really learn rock climbing. So I'm going back to the rock room tomorrow with the right gear and I get some instruction and with any luck, a date. I don't want to quit exit plan and I don't think it strictly requires Tony and John to be active members. I'll have to hire on contractors for the next job but hopefully the next job is more like our first and less like our last. That brings me to the next item on my list. The cameras and B. We haven't had a hit yet but the video search software is getting pretty good. It's down to recording either when it identifies a woman or a group large enough to contain a woman that can't otherwise be discerned. Yesterday's video comprised about an hour of footage all up. We're starting to get some target days that seem most likely, and in a couple more days, we'll have run through two weeks, which should be enough to find some sort of pattern. Once that's done, I'll go park myself and Maria Antony at opportune times and see what happens. It's a long shot, but I need to know. I need to know. Ah, okay. I'm ready to go to the rock room. I've got my skins on with my shorts over the top and a tank top to let my arms move freely. Just quietly, I also like the way my arms look in this top. Well, that's enough vanity for the time being. Wish me luck. Ah, where's Sasha? Oops, don't make contact with the other instructor. He's good looking and no doubt a nice enough guy, but I'm not here to meet a hunky rock climbing man. Um, nope, not her either. Where is she? Ah, there she is. Ah, uh, Sasha, hi. Hi, I see you're all ready for a good sesh this time. You bet. Uh, which wall do you think? You're pretty fit. How about the Nutcracker? That doesn't sound very fun. It's just a name. Hardly anyone has actually cracked a nut climbing it. Well, it's been days since the last one anyway. Really? Maybe my first ascent should be a little more like that one. What? That's Sleazy Steve. He's easy and finishes too quick. Do you have a wall that doesn't have a, well, suggestive name? Uh, well, how about the bike? No, I guess that's a bit suggestive too. I mean, we call it that because everyone has a ride. Look, okay, I'll take the nutcracker. I've got two, so losing one shouldn't be a problem. Here, I'll get you rigged. Are you on the phone? No, I record most of my life as a journal. Oh, that's like that idea. 
Um, was it Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or one of those billionaire types had it? That you just record your whole life all the time? Yeah, sort of. Well, I found my life is hard for me to understand and believe at times, so I record these journals to be sure I know what's going on and, well, for future reference. You know, if I think something important happened during the day, I want to be able to go back to it. Right, up you go. Um, what's... What's the best approach? You look like you don't think you can do it. Stop thinking, start doing, and if you fail, I'll catch you. Right, well, take, uh, take my phone. Well, I've just got three words before I head off to bed. Got. A. Date. I just have to figure out how to keep exit plan running and and so many other things. But I get to see Sasha again, which is very cool. It felt like my head was spinning and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. Thank you for listening. The next episode will be released at the same time next week. The novel of Exit Plan Season 1 will be released at the end of March 2019. If you would like to help support the production of this and future works, please consider buying a copy or recommending it to a friend. Thank you to Natalie Berrin for the voice of Sasha. To keep up to date follow at Gravity Undone on Twitter or Facebook and consider checking out our new podcast, Space Brains, a sci-fi movie review show at Space Brains Pod on Twitter.